Warning, the following podcast may contain potential plot spoilers, but then again, it may not at all. Hello and welcome to Potential Spoilers. I'm Kieran and I'm joined by Maddie D. Hey Kieran, the dead body in the centre of the bathroom is actually the killer and the mastermind the entire time. Ooh, that's a good one. Yes, yes. And if you didn't want to know that, then you shouldn't be listening to the show because that is a spoiler. Yes. Welcome to the new year. Pretty, pretty big one too, if you know what movie I'm referring to there. But yes, welcome to the new year. Yes, I know what movie you're talking about, but I suppose if any listeners out there know what movie Maddie D's talking about, they can send us a, a private message or something on Facebook and if you get it right, if you're the first one to get it right, Matty D will send you a... <laughs> I'll send him a note. Okay. I'll send him a handwritten letter. A handwritten note. A handwritten Via letter. Via Facebook. That's going to be impressive. Yep. So this is the first episode that you've ever listened I'll to. I'll send the memorabilia of the show. Okay. All of that memorabilia we have. <laughs> yes, exactly. A bit of the table or something. So this is the first episode you've ever listened to. I'm sorry for Matty D's behavior. But what we do on this show is we look at upcoming blockbuster releases. We look at the promotional material for those releases, the trailer, the post. In this case, it was just the trailer. And then we try and predict as much of the plot as humanly possible. And then we go out when the movie comes out. We, we watch see it, it. See how close we got. And then pat ourselves on the back for a job well done. That's right. In very rare cases. <laughs> so there's a couple of movies out at the moment internationally. I think they've already come out for most of the world. But in Australia, I think Jojo Rabbit's now in cinemas. Spies in Disguise is now in cinemas. Star Wars is currently sweeping up every penny mm. in the box office. So there's several movies that we've covered in previous episodes. If you want to put us to the test and see how we've done in the past. Yes, it's been a big rush of all these movies because of Boxing Day. Um, yeah. All those releases. Well, for some reason, they came out months ago in the US, but then we, don't get, them, <laughs> we don't get them here until Boxing Day in Australia because I guess Nazis and Will Smith turning into a pigeon are specifically saved for Christmas time. Yeah, they're, they're your end of the year movies. Exactly. Exactly. It brings the family together, the Holocaust. But yes, quite a oof, number. Oh, sorry. Oh, I take geez. that back. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, God. But yeah, so there's a few movies out there that you can listen to and listen to our podcast either before or after the show. I um, personally recommend the Star Wars podcast because there's some stuff we got in that movie that I would not have guessed at all that we would have got That correct. was something we were really not confident about at all. And we're like, oh, well, let's do it. And it's, yeah. it's surprising. You're throwing out ideas left, surprising, right, and center. Surprising. And we pretty much nailed that movie. Between the two of us, I think we got pretty close, which is We've, scary. Yeah, very close. And in some cases, disappointing. Well, yeah, we have... We to have, be discussed in we a have, We have different opinions on that movie, okay, which yes. I'm sure we'll go into when we revisit that movie. But uh, this week, we're doing a different kind of movie, a mysterious movie. We're doing Fantasy Island. Mm, we're doing a movie that I don't think anyone is aware that it's coming out. Yes, well, when this was announced, I was like, okay, are they doing like a you know, reboot of the famous TV show. But it seems like it is, but it's a slightly different twist on an old idea. Yeah, slightly different. I suppose we can get into that as we talk about the movie itself. But believe it or not, this is actually a setup for a new Fantasy Island TV series. This is essentially the pilot episode. So it's like a pilot movie. I didn't know that, but that works really well for my prediction now. Really? Yeah. Oh, wow, that's great. So this new version of Fantasy Island is actually being produced by Blumhouse. And it's a horror movie adaptation of the famous series that ran between 1977 to 1984. Now, this is the production company that did uh, Get Out. Out, And was it one of the Halloweens they also did? I don't think so. I could be wrong. You're thinking about the new Halloween. Yeah, I think so. I think it's just called Halloween. Halloween, yeah. Just to be Well, they definitely definitely did Get Out. And you can see that style in this trailer. They've had quite a few successes over the last few years with low-budget horror movies that have just blown up. Mm. So I guess they're hoping that this will be another success and it will branch over 
over to TV if they're lucky. So as I mentioned before, this movie is based on the original 70s Fantasy Island TV show. If you remember, it starred Ricardo Montalban as Mr. Rourke and it had Hervé Villachez in his standout role as Tattoo. Interesting that that character is... It bleeds, it bleeds! (laughs) Okay, (laughs) right. Everyone knows that. <laughs> Interesting that that character doesn't appear in this trailer at all. No, they actually, I think out of respect for Hervé right. himself, didn't include the tattoo character in any other iteration. Yeah. I think it's just purely out of respect for the yeah, actor. Yeah, okay. Well, that's probably a better choice. It's interesting that there was a movie not too long ago that was about his life, right? They did. Yeah, My Dog- Dinner with Hervé starring Peter Dinklage. Yeah, yeah. If you ask me, that's such a weird casting choice because first of all, Peter Dinklage doesn't look like Hervé Villachez. Not at all. At all. Yeah. I mean, aside from the obvious. Right, yeah. Height comparisons. Yep. Well, he's even taller than Hervé Villachez but was. I, I thought Peter... And he Dink- also doesn't sound like I Hervé Villachez. I thought it was a, a passion project for Peter Dinklage. Absolutely. Because he was interested in this guy's career. So do you think he was self-cast? Y- yeah, maybe. I think he was pushing for it. It's like, I think I can do a pretty good Hervé Villachez. Zipline! Zipline! <laughs> okay. Everyone's like, uh, well, we can't make fun of him because he's a little person, but uh, <laughs> it's kind of dodgy. Dude, that guy's a great actor. He can do anything. Did you watch that movie? No, I didn't. Oh, it was terrible. It was bad? No, it was bad. I know you were really excited for it. Yeah, I was. You, you, you're kind of interested in the story but yeah, yeah no I never, never I'm a Hervé Villachez fan yeah I know uh, are you a Fantasy Island fan believe it or not you want to go into history well right let's, away? let's go straight into it yeah I was a massive fan as a child I think I was around seven or eight mm. there was a brand new series oh they remade it didn't they yeah starring Malcolm McDowell it came out in around 1998 great cast as so well I was about nine yeah it had Malcolm McDowell and I think it was Machen Amik from Twin Peaks was Ariel in we, it we do love Michael McDowell <laughs> who show. I like Malcolm McDowell Yeah. You like Michael McDowell. Malcolm McDowell. But yeah, I was a massive fan of that TV show when I was a kid. Revisiting it now, it's one of the worst things I've ever seen. For this show, I went back and watched a couple of episodes. Oof. Doesn't hold up. There's like nothing that they won't add cartoon sound effects to. (laughs) And the music just sounds like it's one guy and a Casio keyboard. It is dreadful. I'm not surprised at all that it was cancelled after one season. It was actually cancelled while the first season was still going to air. Oof. And the network that was on, ABC, they actually pushed it over to the Sci-Fi channel because they're like, nah, this show is hurting our ratings too much. Wow. You can have it, Sci-Fi. So so eight-year-old Kieran is like... where did this show go? Yeah, Why isn't there I more was episodes? eating it up. And then, of course, at the same time, I guess because of the hype or the perceived hype mm. of the new series, they started showing reruns of the original Fantasy Island series. So I started watching that when I didn't get any new episodes and, of the 98 and, series. And did you like it? And I loved it. It was a fantastic show, one of my favorite childhood shows. And I tell you what, I revisited a couple of episodes as well for this show. And it still holds up okay. for the most part. I watched one episode where Bob Denver was being chased around by dinosaurs, but we'll yeah. forget about that. Should we explain the premise of yes, please. the TV? TV show. So from uh, uh, you, you're probably more of an expert than me, but my understanding is the island is magical and it fulfills the fantasies of the people going That's right. to the island. So people, That's right. So people pay to go and fulfill their greatest fantasies. Yeah. And it had a lot of guest stars coming in. Yeah. So like actors from the Brady Bunch would come in. Yes. And be, you know. That was in the same episode as Bob <laughs> Denver being chased around by a dinosaur that had Marsha from the Brady Bunch yeah. visiting her long lost sister. Yeah. So it's kind of, it's, it's all tongue in cheek, right? Like I feel like yeah. the style is a lot like love Boat meets Twilight Zone. Absolutely. Would that be That's correct? the perfect description mm. of it. And I'd also say that each episode sort of follows the whole monkey's paw scenario where it's all oh, be careful what you wish for. Which, you think you want this, but then you learn a valuable lesson that maybe you should just be happy with what you have. Yeah, which I guess this movie kind of takes in a different direction. I'm guessing you have a very limited history with Fantasy Island. Here's my history. I have nothing. Nada, zip, nothing. I never yeah, watched the I show, thought. never did anything. If I want to stretch, if I want to reach and say that I have some history with with it, 
I watched a Looney Tunes cartoon where they had oh, really? a, a mock I remember of that. Fantasy Island and I was like it was a magic well that did stuff or something but mm. you know I was like maybe the creators of this new 2020 so Fantasy Island plot, watched that cartoon and got plot, an idea from it. My plot is based on a Looney Tunes cartoon. Really? Um yeah. I'm excited. Yeah. Um yeah, I never watched any of the movies, any of the series cuz so, they made movies, right? They made movies. Yeah, that's right. Thing. So the original Fantasy Island series had two movies. The pilot episode was actually originally a movie mm. and that's what got it picked up as a series and right. then I think there was another movie about halfway through the run of the show which just I don't know TV movie cash in yeah right it's a character tattoo yeah. is that his name uh, he, was in, he was in James Bond James yeah he Bond, was the man with the golden yeah, gun yeah he was knickknack in the man from the golden gun he basically played the same character yeah pretty more much or hey. less, a more bloodthirsty version <laughs> of the character if you ask me because I remember seeing him in that movie and even it's um, basically the same scenario yeah it's, and instead of Ricardo Montalban it's Christopher Lee yeah. on an island wearing a white suit as well if I'm not mistaken yeah absolutely I think they were playing on that image very strongly right. or maybe they were inspired by the James Bond movie to make the show because I'm pretty sure the man with the golden gun came first did it? I'm pretty sure. Oh. I think it came out 74, if I'm not mistaken. Wow. we got to say that this TV show had a really big cultural impact. Like yes, it a, did. A lot of things culturally reference this sort of show and the you know the idea, the concept of it. So even if you haven't actually watched the show like I haven't, you kind of you know, know it. You still know it, You know enough about it, yeah. You know, Zipline, Zipline, at least. Exactly. Now, another interesting thing that I never really picked up about Fantasy Island, both iterations that I've seen in the past, is that it's very loosely based on Shakespeare's The Tempest. Oh, is it? If you think about it. Right, yeah, I guess so. So, Mr. Rourke that, that's is very Prospero, okay. and Tattoo is Ariel, and even more implicitly, in the 1998 series, Mr. Rourke is obviously still Prospero, but they have a character called Cal, who's obviously Caliban, right. and Machin and Meek's character is also called Ariel, uh-huh. obviously based on Ariel. Yeah. And there's a bigger focus on the supernatural elements of the island in that second TV series as well. So I think they've always played on that whole Shakespeare motif. I don't know if you brought that into your plot. I'm not sure no. that I did either. No. I don't think they're really thinking about Shakespeare when they're writing a Blumhouse horror movie. Right. Maybe. 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 We could be wrong. We could be eating our words. Every modern thing is in just, April. A, just a rehash Shakespeare idea, right? I guess so. Mm. You're right there. So what do we know about this movie so far, Manny Well, D? so far... You said there's two trailers. Two trailers. Trailers. They both sort of show a lot of the same kind of stuff. Yeah, um, same so clips over and over. If you, if anybody hasn't seen those those trailers, what they include is we get the idea that these characters that we don't really know much about, they we won- don't even know their names. Well, we do. Yeah, we, I know we know their names, but, <laughs> but you in don't, the trailer, you're not told their names. No, no, no. So essentially, uh, a few people um, have won a contest. And they're coming to this island and the island is not what it seems. And a lot of their fantasies that they have start to take a turn for the horrific and morbid. And as you said, which was something they sort of did in the 1998 series as well. They did that a lot of the time. And then to a lesser extent as well in the 70s version. Mm. But something that they always made clear is like, you'll never be hurt by any of your fantasies. Like you'll appear that you're in danger, but you'll never be hurt. But I don't think think that's going to happen in this this movie. Or or is it? Maybe. Who knows? Who knows? I read an article before coming here that, Someone said, "Oh, the trailer gives away the entire plot," and I'm I was Does like it? scratching my head. I was like, "What? That's news what to do me." You mean because I found this very very hard to sort of dissect what's going on. You kind of get an They're idea. They're probably just taking it at face value. They yeah, just right. think that it's like an episode of Fantasy Island. They're seeing the full fantasies, and they're just like, "Okay, that's it." So we're going to see these people. Their fantasies go wrong. They die. Movie over. That's mm. what they think it is. Right. Don't think it's going to end that yeah, way. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be slightly more complicated than that. But how complicated? I suppose we'll dissect that. Yes. 
So let's talk about who's in the movie. I've sort of broken it down to make it easier for us. So I've broken it down into categories. So I've got the hosts, I've got the guests, and then I've got just other characters who appear as well. Okay. By the way, I knew barely any of these actors. Yeah, I can't. So you're going to have to forgive me if we just breeze other, over their careers. Other than Rock, I really yeah. don't know any of these actors. So as you mentioned, playing the mysterious Mr. Rock himself is Michael Pena, who we saw previously playing Dora the Explorer's I thought he was in dad Dora. Yeah. in Dora and the Lost City of Gold. Welcome back. Yeah, welcome back to the show. At first I thought, he's an odd choice to play Mr. Rock. He's not that charismatic, but I suppose they're playing on the original series Latino Connection yeah. with Ricardo Montalban. I feel like he's going to be a very different Rourke to the one yeah. we see in you know previous iterations. Yeah, exactly. He seems almost menacing in a way, but I yeah. suppose they don't show enough of him in the trailer to get a good grasp yeah, of what his character he's very, will be. He's very mysterious. Yeah. Well, they always describe Mr. Rourke in every piece of media that you read as the mysterious Mr. Rourke, so <laughs> he's got to be mysterious in some way. Now, playing his assistant, his tattoo, I suppose. Yeah. The character of Julia. I knew that because she was wearing a name tag in the trailer, thank well, goodness. Also, she's credited in IMDb. Yeah. Is Parisa Fitzhenley. I know you're a big fan of Parisa Fitzhenley. Big fan. She was apparently a recurring role in the Jessica Jones and Luke Cage series. Mm. I couldn't tell you who because I've never mm. seen it. But she also played Meghan Markle in the Royal Wedding TV movie. Yeah, I saw that. The one where the Queen is like, we're all black. That happened in the movie. What did it? Yeah, she's like, we all have black heritage. Don't feel ashamed about your heritage. What? Yeah, that happens in the movie. Watch it. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I just can't get over that. That's t- There's also- I'm not going to be able to stop thinking that for the entire podcast now. Okay, right. There's also a random moment in one of the trailers as well, if you remember, where she just like stares at the camera for an uncomfortably long time, and it takes up most of the trailer. And I'm like, what <laughs> is the purpose of that? Because she says, your life is about to change. And then the music cuts out, and she walks across the room, stares at the camera, and then the trailer continues. I'm like, yeah. what the hell is the editing there? Uh, you know, I don't know. I don't know. It adds, adds a little bit of... Um, Atmosphere to the yeah, trailer. Yeah, I guess so. Your life is about to change. I hope you're ready. Moving on, playing the character of Melanie is Lucy Hale. She's one of the characters I think they focus on most prominently in the trailer, and she's known for Pretty Little Liars. Mm. I've heard the name, but I'm not really familiar I've, with I've the actress. I've recognised her face, and I think that's because I, I went through a Pretty Little Liars binge. Oh, okay. One fine weekend. And would you rate her as a fine actor? I can't remember. Okay. <laughs> I cannot remember. I think we're going to um, have the same opinions of all of these actors, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. Is you getting a vibe from this character that's very much Knives Out-esque? She's on her phone all the time. She's very Yeah, detached. she does feel like a Knives Out reject. <laughs> but I think the reason that they've cast the movie the way that they have is so that they can transition maybe over to the TV format maybe, easily maybe. because they're all TV actors, to be honest. So in the trailer, what we see this character is that she's getting revenge on a childhood bully. Yeah, that's and right. And the island is giving her the opportunity to torture what she perceives to be a hologram. Yes. But obviously it's the... It, Looks like it's the real person. Yes, that's it exactly. Now, playing the character of Elena, not to be confused with Elena from Charlie's Angels, I don't know why I'm bringing that up, is Maggie Q, mm. who is known for the Divergent series, which I've never seen. Yeah, all of these actors I've never I called really seen her before. Floppy Hat for most of my plot prediction before I worked out which character she was. <laughs> now, why? She wears, she wears a floppy hat for one scene. One scene. Yeah, I know. But that's how I identified her. <laughs> Did now, you call the guy she's like... She's probably the most mysterious guest out of all of them because we don't really know a lot about her except for the fact that something went wrong in her relationship, her marriage, and that she has a daughter that's 
died at some stage. Mm. We assume that. We assume. So playing the character of Randall, who is the military guy we see in the trailer, is Austin Stowell, who is known for the Dolphin Tale series. What is Dolphin Tale? I don't know, but that's what he's known for. It sounds fascinating. I need to watch Dolphin Tale. I hope it's about Not to a be dolphin. confused with Shark's Tale with Will Smith. I kind of got... As a fish. The world's greatest fish. I hope it's like Wishbone. Um, I don't think it about, is, to be honest. About, or like a dolphin detective. Anyway, he... Well, there's two movies if you're excited about that. His fantasy is... Uh, he wants to see some action. He wants to see some action. But military action, not bedroom action. That's saved for characters later on. <laughs> Speaking of playing the character of Brax is Jimmy O. Yang, who is a comedian and he also starred in Silicon Valley. I get the feeling that he's going to be a comic relief a little bit. Well, he's a comedian, so that's probably a good assumption. But he is partnered with Ryan Hansen, who is playing Bradley, who is best known for appearing in Veronica Mars. Oh, there you go. And I think he was also in the remake of Friday the 13th as well. I vaguely remember him from that. Was that good? No, it wasn't. It was terrible. Oh, God. Okay. Now, they have like a joint fantasy, weirdly enough. So I'm guessing they're BFFs. Yeah, that's But their fantasy so. is to be like millionaire playboys who throw a big pool party. Well, they want to have it all. Yeah, they want everything. So where that goes, it's completely up to our interpretation, I guess, because... Yeah. It's very vague in the trailer, and they actually appear the least in the, all of the trailers. Yeah, I was looking at their fantasy, and I was this maybe says something about myself, but I'm like, how can this go wrong? <laughs> this sounds great. Well, I think there's plenty of ways it could go wrong. <laughs> One of them could drown in the pool. One yeah, could right. hit their head while doing a flip on a ski-doo in yeah, the pool. Yeah, right, the ski, or the ski wets everybody and ruins their clothes. Yeah. That's how their fantasy oh, gets no. ruined. Oh, no, I like this These shot. Are, this was an Armani suit. Oh, man. Imagine that's what the movie was, just mild inconveniences. <laughs> I think that would be a better movie, to be honest. <laughs> so that's all of the guests. So just playing the rest of the random characters. First of all, playing the character of Morgan is probably one of the most well-known actors in this movie. Michael Rooker, mm-hmm. who you might know from Guardians of the Galaxy, Walking played Yondu. Dead. Yeah, he was Daryl's brother. What's his name? Beryl or whatever. Something like that. In The Walking Dead. And he was also the monster in Slither. Was he? Mm. Okay. Which is how he got to know James Gunn. Oh, Guardians okay. of the Galaxy fame. Okay. Yeah, he usually plays a rough Texan, yeah. rough Southerner. He's got a very unique voice. Mm. I always found it weird in Guardians of the Galaxy galaxy like how you know american he was and he was playing an alien yeah he was from planet america yeah okay yeah i guess so we also know very little about his character so i'm very interested to see where you think he'll go in the movie Mm. now the rest of the cast in this movie i think are basically just glorified extras so i'm just going to plow through them really quickly bodies for the body count yes playing melanie's torture victim sonia is portia doubleday playing aphrodite i wonder who that could be is charlotte mckinney and then playing devil face Whoever that might be is Kim Coates, who, if you're not familiar with Kim Coates, it's one of the bikers from Sons of Anarchy. Mustache guy. Mustache guy. To narrow it down. Because, you know, the one biker with a mustache. What a weird character, hey? Devil face. Devil face. I have a pretty strong opinion on who he is in the movie, but I want to see if we're on the same page. Mm. So we should get straight into the plots. I think you're going first, Matty D. Yes, I am. Let's get stuck into it, because... I found this trailer really confusing. Yeah, me so, too. So um, I tried to pull out what I could pull out, but There's I definitely basically not- no information. It's all quick cuts and yes, moments. Yeah. So I watched this trailer like a few times, and I picked up a few little details here and there. But yeah, I found it really a, a struggle to see where they would go with this. So and, and you're also not familiar with the original show as that's well, right, that's or right. any iteration of it. Um, so you don't even really know the vibe of how each story yeah, pans out in, in, yes. a, in an average episode. So I really struggled with the opening, but I think what's going to happen is we're going to open. Yeah, it goes, the plane, the plane. The music starts and the plane flies in. Yeah, we're going to open with the life of Eleanor. Um, really. 
Really? Yes. And okay. she's she's going to be the central character of this movie is what right. I think is going to happen. Okay. So we're going to open with uh, Eleanor and her life is very dark and depressing. The film is going to be shot very sort of drizzly and miserable. And we're going to get a window into her life, which is that she's very lonely. She's kind of meeting a friend at a bar and the friend is sort of not really addressing things within her life, but she's like, look, you've got to move on. You've got to, you know, look after yourself. Pull you your socks to, up. Not, not so much pull your socks up. And she was like, have you heard Stop of- Stop your crying business. <laughs> Have you heard of Fantasy Island? Mr. Rock. Yes. And Eleanor's sort of like, no, not really. And so... Here's a competition flyer that exactly. I filled out yeah, for exactly, you. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly. She gives... Her friend gives Eleanor this pamphlet and it says, Fantasy Island's where dreams can come true, fulfill your ultimate fantasy. And they're like, is this some kind of kinky sex thing? <laughs> Which, by the way, that's actually how the network thought the show was going to be. Really? When it was originally pitched I guess pitched when you them. say Fantasy Island, it kind of sounds like it, eh? When they originally pitched it, they said, oh, it's a show about... People People going to an island where their greatest fantasies are fulfilled. And the studio was basically like, so it's a big kinky sex thing, right? And they're like, okay. Sign us up. It's interesting that your mind immediately went to sex when you think greatest fantasy. (laughs) I mean, uh, we're a family channel. And so the whole conception was very tongue in cheek. They just thought it was so funny, an idea that they're like, I think you could just have a lighthearted fun show. And then what a great idea it was. It ran for nearly 10 years. Well, yeah, it has a lot of longevity. Sorry to interrupt. That's okay. So Eleanor has this pamphlet. She's like, no, it's not really my thing. I don't, I don't, I don't like fantasies. I don't need anything like this. And it's probably all gimmicky and rubbish anyway. So she goes back to her house. Her house is dark and empty. There are pictures of her family all over the walls, but there is nobody here. She sort of puts the keys on the table on the side she's very very isolated very alone and a very sad character and she looks at the flyer one more time and she googles fantasy island and here is she going to see she's going to see an ad done by Howard Rock and it's going to be styled like the Howard 70s. Rock? What did I say? Howard Rock. That's an Ayn Rand character. Okay. Um, Mr. <laughs> Rock is who it is. So it's an old ad that is sort of stylized like the 70s show and it's very that cheesy. 70s show? No, the, you so know, like, the, the actual TV show. Okay. Fantasy yeah. Island. Yeah. Nice joke, Kieran. I thought you were going to say like Ashton <laughs> Kutcher was there. Da, da, da. Yeah. And the ad promises to give the guests the experience of their deepest fantasies. We'll also see Morgan in this ad, a young younger Morgan saying his experience was like nothing he's ever seen. Oh, okay. That's interesting. Mm. So Michael Rooker's character. That's right. And then we're going to cut and then we're going to go straight to shots of this beautiful island and then we'll see the plane arriving. Shot in Fiji, by the way. Was it? There you go. Julia watches the plane arrive and she excitedly runs down to tell Mr. Rourke, the plane, the plane has arrived. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Maybe I, not the way we're used to. Yeah, I can almost guarantee that's going to happen. <laughs> and she goes to meet all these new characters. They're all their new guests of the island. So Eleanor is one of the guests, but we'll also meet the other characters and we've all listed who they are. Mm-hmm. And this is where they'll all be taken to meet Mr. Rourke. And this is the first time we meet Mr. Rourke. Now he's not going to... The gonna, mysterious Mr. The Rourke. mysterious Mr. Rourke. Now, Mr. Rourke won't be like how he appears in the TV show. He's going to be quite subdued and really reserved. It's going to be really off-putting to see him like this. And he's going to introduce the concept of the island and essentially it's you get to pick your fantasy but you must see the fantasy through and that's going to be very very important for this movie so you know they, we have a scene where all the characters kind of mingle they all have like a drink they enjoy the island it's sort of like a mini party for them coming in and they each tell each other what their fantasies are so Melanie wants to get revenge on a childhood bully yep. uh, you know Randall wants to see some action and the best buddies in combat Brax, not you know exactly. in the bedroom, <laughs> the bedroom. that's Braxton Bradley's dream. Yes. 
and Eleanor wants to uh, find something that has been lost to her. So rather than go back and forth, because I think there's going to be back and forth with the fantasies, I'm going to yeah. break down what I think is going to happen. I think that's um, a smart idea. With, with this. So I'll start with Bradley and Brax, because that's one I had the most trouble with. So they want to have it all. So they want success, fame, money, glory, women slash men, because Brax looks like he likes the gentleman, whereas Bradley mm. likes it's an interesting the theory. females. So they're enjoying life. They have a big party on the island where they're drinking lots of shots. So they're you around. don't think they're a couple, Brax and Bradley? No, I don't think that okay. they're a couple. They're just buddies. They're just buddies, yeah. Okay. Work buddies yeah. or something. I used to I did think they're a couple at the start, but I think they're just bros. So essentially, they meet this beautiful woman called Aphrodite. Mm. Oh, and then Bradley's really interested and she takes What's she wearing? Uh she's wearing like Greek sort of stuff. Like a toga? Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Cuz it's like what color? I don't know. Red? Yep. Okay. That's good. <laughs> Glad we're on the same page. Oh, really? Is that really yeah. important? Yeah. So she takes him into a secluded spot and she sort of says, oh, you guys are really big famous. You're millionaires. You you got all this stuff, but we need to protect you because all your secrets are going to get exposed. They're like, what? Mm. This is not what we signed up for. And then she starts bringing up all this stuff that they're going to be uh, blackmailed over. Right. So they're like up. in the mafia or something. They're like running black market prostitutes or something. What, these guys? Yeah. Uh, not necessarily. They're just like really rich, famous guys in this fantasy. Right. But of course, and they didn't really think about this before. Oh, they're going to be big, targeted by like exactly. assassins or kidnappers. Not, not assassins, but like all their dirty laundry will be aired. Right. So they go through all their little, and it's going to be a very uncomfortable scene where all these secrets get exposed. And we find out in this scene that Brax is in love with Bradley. And oh. he didn't realize this at the time. Um, He's like, my fantasy was to sleep with you. Yeah, so it's a big emotional... Oh my God, it is a nightmare. <laughs> it is, it's an emotional moment. And Bradley's really uncomfortable with this because his friend, you know, is in love with him. Yeah. And he didn't realize this at the time. So Bradley leaves. Brax is sad. He's not having a very good fantasy island experience. Become a nightmare of its own kind. All of a sudden, there's a knock on the door because they're still in that hotel room. And Aphrodite's not there at this stage. She's left as well. And Bradley's come back. And he says that he feels the same way, but he's it's very, very different. He's not the same Bradley. He seems kind of out of it. He's zonked. He's, right. he's like a shell of himself. And this obviously makes Brax feel a little uncomfortable. He's like, you're acting weird. It's almost like you've been drugged or something. Brax turns Brad's... You're uh, like Manny D at a New Year's Eve party. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I know. True story, folks. Right. <laughs> Brax, Brax turns Bradley's advances away And because the fantasy could not be complete Bradley's eyes begin to bleed and he dies Wow Now that's their little story And Brax will run away Frightened Yeah Now the Randall story Well, Randall gets called up into war He wants to see some action He wants to do something for his life that has purpose So he's in the army And he's in sort of like a Vietnam style shooting And for a while he's In a jungle He's in a jungle, yeah So he's with a group of soldiers They're killing some people And he is some not people coping with Hopefully it at all. enemy combatants. Well, yeah, they're soldiers. Okay. Um, so he at first thinks this is great. And after a while, after seeing that he's actually physically killing people, he's seeing bodies blow up. He starts not liking it at all. He's like sweating his, so his heart So has he had any up. previous history as a soldier? No, no. Because I, I noticed in the trailer he has two prominent scars on his face. And I think he also has scars on his body as well. Does he? Yeah. I didn't notice that. Maybe it was just a childhood injury. He fell out of no, a tree or something. I, I kind of think that this character, Randall, will be, he'll have a very mundane, boring life, which right. is why he wants something really He wants exciting. more extreme than the regular paintball or laser tag exactly, can offer. Exactly, exactly. But then they reach a village and they start killing women and children. And this is too much for Randall. Uh, Randall says, I can't do this. I can't kill children. And the soldiers turn on Randall because he is not fulfilling his 
fantasy. He's not seeing it through. And Randall runs away. He tries to escape these guys who are now trying to kill him. Now we'll go to Melanie. Now I think this is the one that's most... Prominent di- in the trailer. Yeah, yeah, most prominent in the trailer. You so can probably guess how it's going to go. Exactly, exactly. She gets told to go into a lift. She gets told to push a button which has a snake on it. The lift goes down. She sees her childhood bully and she has a whole list of things that she can torture him. She can push buttons and water comes down and Ooh. hits her. Oh, no. Yeah, I know, right? She might get wet. <laughs> What's this character's name? The bully? Sonia. Sonia. So Sonia's tied to a chair and there's a doctor and there's a sort of uh, two-way mirror where she can look through and see Sonia be tortured. And there's a doctor there. He's got a group. He's got a whole bunch of scalpels that he's going to like torture Sonia in front of Melanie. And Melanie starts to realize that it is actually Sonia and is not having a good time. I feel like I'm saying that yes. a lot. She uses a chair to break down the mirror. She tries to fight off the doctor. She frees Sonia and they try to escape. Sonia says, I don't know what happened. I was just doing my, just living my, my life. And they, and they, doing my tax. They, they kidnap me. me. And there's a little moment where Sonia's like, look, I, I always saw you as a friend. I never, I never met you any ill will. And Melanie's like, oh, that's all I ever wanted, like us to be friends. I didn't want to live with this. I always looked up to you, my yeah, bully. Yeah, I, I didn't, I didn't want to live with this, you know. When you held me down and spat in my eyes, I knew it was out of friendship. <laughs> Well, so I think Sonia saw them as friends rather than... Right. But, so uh, they're like friends the same way like you and I are friends. Exactly, exactly. Like I pick on you, but you know it's out of a place of love. Not at all. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, they actually like each other. Okay, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> But just when we're having this heartwarming moment, the mysterious doctor grabs Sonia, takes her off and kills her. And Melanie runs off by the skin of her teeth. Now we'll talk about Eleanor's fantasy. So her fantasy is that she wants to reconnect with the family that died. So she had a husband and she had a child. Interesting. And she had plans that they were going to go somewhere together, have like a romantic um, getaway getaway with her and her family. With her child. Maybe it was a holiday. They were going to go on a holiday. But uh, the husband and Eleanor had a fight. I'm just trying to imagine like a romantic getaway with the child as a third wheel, just there the whole just time. Just there, just there. It's um, like going with your parents on a honeymoon. So re- <laughs> oh, Jesus. So because of this fight. By the way, I wanted to go on my parents' honeymoon. I'm not at all surprised that they said no. <laughs> Why, you're going to crepe their stuff? Yeah. You want to go to Hawaii or something? You're just there with headphones on in the next room. <laughs> yeah, collecting Pokemon cards. Yeah. Um, well, it was way before that, anyway. <laughs> So what happened with her family was they were going to go on a holiday. They had a fight, her husband and Eleanor, and Eleanor left. And rather than going on holiday, their house caught on fire and they died. Interesting. <laughs> that's, that's as far as I'm going to wow. go. Wow. So her big regret is she feels that she's responsible so for So how did Eleanor survive? She wasn't in the house. Oh, she went so to So she like, had a fight. She went, like went I'm going to, to my mother's house. So they were going to go on holiday. She went down to the bar, got drunk. There was a petty fight. She was like, I'm leaving to cool off. She, she was having off. an affair with the firefighter. So that's why he that couldn't get there in time. That would if she was having an affair. She comes back. Firefighter? <laughs> yeah. She comes back, fire, uh, house is on fire. They're dead. They're yeah. dead. So she feels a so lot like of regret Leonardo for Leonardo DiCaprio in Shutter Island. Exactly. Exactly like that. She has a one-on-one with Julia that Julia sort of explains, you know, once you do this, there's no going back. I By know the way, there's like a creepy staff member with a weird smile who creeps into her room I while saw she's that. sleeping. Yeah, I Did saw you work that, that yeah. into your plot? Uh, not really. I'd... Maybe he's just offering her breakfast. He's yeah. like, would you like some tea? I think, I think there's going to be a lot of staff there and they're going to be very... Um, off-putting. Yeah, off-putting. Yeah, and I'm that, with you there. And they're just going to be with throughout this whole thing. They're going to be very weird to the guests, and it sort of comes into more prominence later on. Okay, yeah. 
in her fantasy, she starts seeing her her husband and her daughter again, which at first is a little uncomfortable. She then goes and speaks to Rourke about it because he she thought she'd get a fantasy she didn't think she'd get her the real family. Yeah. And because she can remember everything that Rourke seems to has happened exactly, in the interim, yeah. as though they've been alive the whole time. Exactly, exactly. And Rourke tells her that she can relate to her fantasy, and he just tells her to what, he can relate to her he fantasy. Can yeah. He can well, he said to she it. can relate to her oh, fantasy. Sorry. I was going to could... say, she can because it's her fantasy. <laughs> Rourke can relate to what uh, Eleanor's going through. My family also died in a fire. <laughs> I was your neighbor. So Eleanor is spending some time with her husband and child and the child uh, wanders off and she is really, really uh, upset by this. She goes and tries to chase down her daughter because she doesn't want to lose her again after all. And she's running through the woods and that's where the woods, the, the jungle. And this is where she runs into Morgan, who's been hiding out. Ooh. And he tells her that the island is not what it's seems and she needs to get out so essentially it's like i wish i hadn't done that video endorsement <laughs> that they posted online morgan came to the island he did he had some kind of fantasy that he wanted to fulfill but it did not go too well and he's been living on the island ever since so he takes eleanor into a makeshift hideout which he's built it's like alan parish from jumanji exactly living pretty in much the jungle, exactly trying to exactly, survive day exactly. to day he tells her that the island is twisted and it essentially takes everyone's fantasy twists their fantasy and eventually kills them but not him not morgan well that's funny because because right when Morgan is giving this important exposition, he gets killed by a mysterious figure. Ooh. And Eleanor runs off. So all the characters have run away from their fantasies and they're all going to reunite as a group. They're all going to sort of swap stories about what's happened. They're like, we, we don't want any part of this. We need to leave. Uh, and the rest of the movie will become a survival horror movie. Like now. a chase. Like a chase. Exactly, exactly. So Scrambling I feel like, to survive. I feel like they'll go to Rourke at first. They'll say, we need to leave. Rourke will say, you can't. And they'll try to... None of you have seen your fantasy Exactly. Exactly, exactly. That's they'll try to, to see it through. And whether that's death is up to you. That's exactly right. Uh, they'll try to apprehend the group and they'll all try to get out. The staff members, like, they'll rock up and try and capture them. Yeah, exactly. And You're going to get your fantasy if you like it or not. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But well, well, Brax, there's all these men you can have sex with. Why aren't you doing it? <laughs> well, Brax just lost the love of his life. He's, oh, yeah, true. he's in a bit of turmoil at the moment. I actually like that plot point. I'm going to say mine doesn't go there at all, but I can almost guarantee I think that's going to actually yep. happen in the movie. Well, hopefully it does. Hopefully I didn't, I didn't just fall for something small in the trailer. One of the things one of the things Morgan said is that there's a radio that can broadcast outside the island. So part of their what they're going to do mm. is they're going to try to get a distress call out. But of course, everybody else on the island does not want this to happen because, you know, it's going to ruin everything for them. So they're trying to run around, avoid being killed. There's going to be mysterious figures that are essentially the townspeople. They're not going to be monsters, but they're going to pop out and they're going to try to kill. There's going to be guests. a lot of jump scares. They're going to kill our guests. That's right. And essentially when they go to the radio tower that doesn't end up well for them, they do end up broadcasting something but they still have to stay on the island until someone saves them until they help see, arrives they run to the shore they see a plane coming in the plane explodes just before it lands oh no and they're like oh no we're stuck we're stuck but they work out that there are boats that they can get on the other side of the island so they're going to try mm-hmm. to get to these boats I'm going to say that Randall is going to go down in a blaze of glory. He's going to finally see his action through, but it'll cost him his life. He's going to be shooting at random ghouls. That's right. And we're going to see Brax sacrifice himself for the group. So he's going to be pulled down into a dark hole, I predict, and just like killed, but he's going to essentially save Eleanor and and Melanie, who's going to be the last two people alive. Now, I think that there's going to be a point where they're going to walk through the main village, Eleanor and 
<laughs> Eleanor and Melanie, and they're going to see Rourke talk to the town, and we're going to see a little bit of a glimpse of what this town. They're holding is. like pitchforks and torches. Well, not quite, but like we're going to see what this town's like when the guests aren't there. It's going to be very, very different. So there's this whole thing that they're all kind of organised, and they're all on the same page at trying to get these guests to fulfil their fantasies and ultimately kill these guests. Rourke says that this has not been a successful trial, and we need to find the two. There's two victims left. Two victims. Two guests left. That we well, need. Well, they to, are victims. We need to get at all costs. But he calms everyone down and reassures them that it's okay. These things have happened before, everybody. It will. Everything is going to be fine. The island will protect us. Maddie D and I both used to work in guest relations, so we can relate to Mr. Rock quite a bit. <laughs> yes, at a theme park, no less. Yeah, we used to call them victims. <laughs> we were no, the we victims didn't. more than yeah, once. Yeah, absolutely. So they'll manage to get to the boats. Eleanor will tell Melanie that you go on the boat, you go get help and bring help back. I'm going to stay here and I'm going to see this through. There's some demons that I need to face. Mm. So Melanie's some gone. Devils that I need to she, face. She's devil uh, face. Yeah, I didn't really work devil face in okay. my plot at all. Melanie is safe. Eleanor goes and confronts Rourke again. Well, this is this is the proper time. But that they already confronted him. Yeah, yeah, they did. But this is the last time that she's okay. going to go face to face with him. So uh, Rourke is going to deliver that he himself is on Fantasy Island, not so much as a host, but he is fulfilling his own fantasy. Right. Because to be uh, a host. Because Julia is his daughter. Oh, twist. Yeah. So his daughter died because she had a terminal disease. So to see her alive, he needs to, he went to this island. But in doing so, he needed to fulfill his fantasy, which means he needed to do what the island wanted, which meant bring people in, fulfill their fantasies, kill them. And everything he's been asked to do, he's done just so his daughter can be alive. So we saw a scene in the trailer where Julia's nose started bleeding. Mm -hmm. I think that's signs of when the guests are not doing what the island wants. Yeah. Things start falling apart for Roy and subsequently his daughter. So Rourke pleads with Eleanor and says, you know, if you work with me, we'll both have what we want. Eleanor will say, yes, but it's not real. It's all an illusion. And to do that and to show that... You can't live in your fantasies, Mr. Rourke. That's right. That's right. To do this, this is the end of the movie. Everyone's exhausted. They've seen some horrible stuff. But Rourke stands with Eleanor's little girl, says, you can have all this, you know, just work with me here. (laughs) Just die. (laughs) No, just, you can actually stay alive. Just see this fantasy through like I'm seeing this fantasy through. And in his own fantasy through. Exactly, exactly. And when Eleanor's little girl comes up to her, Eleanor, knowing that it's an illusion, strangles her own daughter. Wow. This causes Julia to drop down. I don't down. think it's going to be a PG-13 horror movie in your version. <laughs> Julia will drop dead because the island didn't get what it wants. And Rourke, in a moment of grief, will have a heart attack because the island has been keeping him alive this entire time. Right. And he will die, leaving Eleanor to assume the host of the island now. Mm. And we leave on a cliffhanger. Melanie's free. You don't know if she's going to survive, if she's going to come back with so help. So presumably in the spin-off TV series, Eleanor would be the Mr. Rourke role. That's She'd right. Be Mrs. That's Rourke. Right. A lesser paying actor. Changes the formula up a little bit because yeah. it's a female lead. They don't have yeah. big Mr. Hollywood Michael Pena that, only in the main role. That's right. So that's where we're going to leave the movie of Fantasy Island. Wow, there we go. Was I right? Probably not, but that's the best I could come I up with. I was actually very impressed with your plot prediction. I think that's almost entirely feasible. I feel like a child that's being praised right now. And believe it or not, I actually have a lot of similarities <laughs> oh, really? with you. Yeah, so I figure. Unlike you, I don't think Eleanor will be the main character, so I think it will open very much like the TV show, the original TV show, Open Itself, and to a lesser extent, the 1998 version. So we're going to open with a shot of the island with the sea 
plane arriving, just like the opening of the classic TV show. I don't think they'll use the classic theme because I guess they're not too beholden to that. And it will maybe, kind of maybe hurt it, the vibe of the movie. Maybe it's like a, a slow down. A uh, creepy version. Yeah, creepy. They, they, they play do it that. on a theremin. Yeah, exactly. They do that in these sort of horror movies. So I've actually said here that Julia spots the plane as it approaches the island and runs to Mr. Rourke shouting, The plane! The plane! <laughs> it's arrived! Exactly like you said. <laughs> Did we both get as excited writing that note? Yes. So Mr. Rock's sitting in his office, Julia comes in and tells him that the plane's arrived, and here's where we're introduced to our guests. We find out that they've all won a competition when Julia says, congratulations on winning the competition, and they've all won a free weekend at Fantasy Island, a place, as we're well familiar now, where all of their greatest fantasies will come true. The guests are greeted on the dock by Julia, who ushers them into the main hotel building where they all have a drink and introduce themselves to each other. Okay. So we find out that Randall was a former soldier whose tour of duty was cut short when the jeep he was driving in accidentally drove over a landmine. So I don't think you ever on purpose drive over a landmine. So the jeep drove over a landmine or the truck, whatever he was in, drove over it. Mm -hmm. The explosion injured Randall and killed several of his friends and Randall was sent home without ever seeing any action. So his bedroom action, but military action. (laughs) Yes. So his fantasy is for them to finally be war heroes. So he's okay. going to go out, he's going to save his friends from action, they're going to fight the enemy, and then come home heroes. So he's actually reliving an event where yeah, he more wins. Yeah, exactly. It's not going to be the exact same event, so he's not going to be cruising through Afghanistan or wherever he was injured and accidentally bump over a landmine. He's going to be in a traditional battlefield. It's going to be like Platoon. Could you imagine if he was just a gamer? <laughs> yeah, mm, that would be interesting, but I think the scars on his face are left over from this injury that right. he sustained in the war. So basically, I see it as though he was the only survivor of the situation. He feels bad for his friends, and he wants to be a hero rather than just a first-day soldier who essentially made a mistake. So Melanie wants revenge on a childhood bully, I think we've gone through this enough, who made her early years of high school a living hell, it's as simple as that. While Brax and Bradley are both single guys, I didn't specify if they were gay or straight, because I didn't think about it in that detail, but I like that element from your plot, I won't steal it. (laughs) And their fantasy is to be millionaire playboys at the centre of a huge house party. Cool. And finally, Eleanor wants to change the moment she regrets most, which means she wants a second chance at the relationship with her ex-husband, with whom they had a child who was tragically killed. And the fallout of this tragedy caused their marriage to fall apart. So very similar to how you've got it. Mm. We'll get more details as we go along. So the guests are interrupted by the mysterious Mr. Rourke, who enters and, <laughs> mysterious yes, Mr. Rourke. and introduces himself. And Mr. Rourke explains that tomorrow morning, they will be able to experience their deepest fantasies. And each guest will have one fantasy that they have to see through to the end. Because they only get one fantasy as well. That's right. Unless they're Braxton Bradley, they get one fantasy between the two of them. Right, it's yeah, a joint fantasy. It's a joint fantasy. So speaking of, quite like you, I focused on Braxton Bradley first. I also, quite like you, think they're going to jump back and forth as they go through the fantasy. So the first time we cut between all the characters, it's going to be the happy portion of the fantasy when they're enjoying it. And as we keep cutting back and forth, we see them get worse and worse mm-hmm. until they eventually all come together at the end. I'm interested in what you think is going to happen to Braxton Bradley because there's no information really in that yeah. trailer. So I actually put it first as well because I had the least details quite like you. So I said that Brax and Bradley dress up in snazzy clothes, maybe Armani suits, <laughs> and find themselves at a pool party where they drink and dance and make out with hot babes. Maybe hot guys as well in Brax's <laughs> They can be hot babes too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. 
and I can guarantee you there's going to be a moment where Bradley, in all his excitement, will scream, Fantasy fucking island! <laughs> I really want that to happen in the movie. Does he say that in the trailer? No, he doesn't. He goes, Fantasy island! But I think they've strategically cut out a fucking in the middle of it. <laughs> so that's just my big my That's my big that's prediction. Your big of prediction. <laughs> He's going to say fucking in the middle of Fantasy and island. They use their one F-bomb. Yeah, I think there's going to be quite a few, but anyway. So Bradley is seduced by a smoking hot vixen dressed in red who goes by the name of Aphrodite. Oh, okay. They slip into Bradley's room to make the beast with two backs. That's actually, <laughs> that's actually what I've got written here. I forgot that. But Aphrodite turns out to be an extreme sadomasochist who brutally murders Bradley while he's handcuffed to the bed. So I think she'll handcuff him, like she'll start tickling him with a feather and he's like, hee But then she like starts tickling him with a knife and he doesn't like that as much. But how is that part of his fantasy? Well, he wants it all. So she's giving him it all. Oh. So she's just like the Marquis de Sade. Right. And he's just really turned on by violence, I guess. Brax hears Bradley screams and bursts into the room. Aphrodite, now covered in red blood to complement her red outfit, attempts to seduce Brax as well, but Brax conks her on the head with a bottle of champagne and flees the party. Yeah, also his friend is dead there as well. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, well, this is kind of a mood killer. So yours was kind of better than mine, but I guess we'll see no, I don't. in April where this goes. Yeah. So now we go over to Melanie, and Melanie takes the elevator down to a hidden basement level, which is a torture room. We've covered this in your plot already. The room has an elaborate control panel, and Melanie's childhood bully, Sonia, is strapped to a chair behind the glass panel. It's two-way glass, just like you said in yours. At first, Melanie doesn't take the situation seriously, and she thinks that Sonia's a hologram. But once she starts hitting buttons, which dumps water on Sonia, exactly (laughs) like you said, it happens in the trailer. Melanie quickly realizes that it really is Sonia being tortured. So Melanie refuses to naturally hurt Sonia any further, but a torturer known as Devilface appears and threatens Sonia with an assortment of surgical blades. Did you did you notice that that was the actor? No, I'm just I guessing. Didn't see his face, so no, he, he had a mask on. So I'm he just guessing. has something under his mask though. He has like he has like a disfigurement. He has like either tattoos or his teeth are exposed, mm. almost as if he's got like a devil face under there. Oh. I guess. Melanie refuses to hurt her. Devil face basically comes out and pokes her with surgical blades. Melanie calls Rourke and tells her to call off the fantasy. It's not what she wanted, exactly like in yours, but Rourke informs her that it's too late and she has to see this fantasy through. So the only way that she's going to get to it is if she exacts her revenge on Sonya by killing her. Melanie obviously is not going to do this, so she smashes the glass with a chair and helps Sonya escape. And the two of them flee Devilface. And while hiding, Sonya asks Melanie, Why are you doing this to me? I'm your friend. I thought we were always friends. Melanie, of course, explains how it felt to be bullied for most of her high school life by Sonya. And Sonya finally tells her that she's sorry for all the misery that she caused her as a child. Because she wasn't aware aware that she was being so mean to Melanie. And Melanie retorts, exactly like in your plot, exactly like in the trailer, I've always wanted to hear you say that. Right then, Devilface catches them and threatens Sonya with a bone saw, and we cut away. We don't see what happens. We jump to another point. So we jump to Randall, who wakes up and finds that he's in a troop with his old army buddies. And they're on a special mission in the middle of the dense jungle. They wander through the jungle, laughing and joking with each other as though it's a scene from Platoon. But soon, things take a turn for the worse. Because one by one, Randall's friends and fellow soldiers are picked off by a silent, stalking enemy until Randall is the only survivor. I think they'll have a little bit of a firefight at one point where they're shooting at Mm -hmm. the bad guys and manage to take them out. But then there's like almost like deadly ninja-esque... Snipers? No, sort of like Rambo chasing people in Rambo 2. Who yep. sneak up and stab them or wrap ropes around their feet and drag them into tunnels and the stuff like that. The others are lost. 
Yeah, exactly. So Randall's the only survivor, and he soon finds himself being attacked by zombie versions of his dead comrades. That's intense. So they come out of the water, and they're obviously his friends still in uniform, and they attack him, and he's like, oh, I feel guilty for the death of my friends. It's all a big metaphor. Right, because we do see people coming out of the water in the trailer. Yeah, that's right. They kind of look weird. They do look like zombies. So he manages to escape their grasp until he is grabbed by a strange knife-wielding man, and we cut away before we find out. I wonder who who that is. is. Yes, exactly. Mary fucking Poppins, (laughs) y'all. So we go over to Eleanor, who wakes up. Uh, She's woken up by a strange member of staff who offers her some orange juice and she's just being creeped out. We're slowly learning at this point that the island isn't all that it appears to be. It isn't as fun and as fantastical as it could be. Eleanor is told by Julia that her husband is due to arrive at her bungalow shortly. We also learn that Eleanor's daughter died in a house fire, and Eleanor blames herself for this. Mm -hmm. I can't believe we both got that. Oh, wow. Julia assures her that now she'll have a chance to live her life again, starting from scratch. Eleanor is nervous about seeing her husband again, but finds that when he arrives, that he's back to the way that he was when they first met. Charming and romantic. The two have a smooch, and (laughs) Eleanor's husband reveals that he's also brought their dead daughter along with him too. But she's not dead. Yeah, she's alive now. He's not, like, carrying the dead body. (laughs) So she's back to life. Eleanor at first is freaked out by this, but then quickly realises that she now remembers everything from her life as though their daughter had never died and as though her husband never divorced her. So she just has memories now of her life. Yeah. Does she have both memories? Yeah, she's got both memories. Eleanor is happy with this at first, but is shocked when her daughter asks, Mummy, why did you kill me? Oh... You see, Eleanor's husband and child also seem to remember their past lives, and they soon start blaming Eleanor for ruining everything last time. Wow! The argument escalates into a fight, and long story short, I don't know exactly how this is going to happen, maybe they scuffle and a candle falls over, but a fire breaks out in the bungalow, killing the daughter a second time along with the husband. So the Poor little girl, she died from a died fire twice. twice. It's going to be very horrific for Eleanor, who manages to escape the bungalow blaze, and flees to safety. We now return to Randall, and it turns out that the knife-wielding man, surprise, surprise, is called Morgan. He's played by Michael Rooker, surprise, surprise, who warns Randall that the island ain't what you think it is. Again, I can't believe I have this same as you. Morgan reveals that he was previously a guest on the (laughs) island, and when his fantasy turned sour, he escaped into the jungle and has been surviving alone for weeks. They hear Sonia and Melanie being chased by Devilface nearby, and Morgan rescues the two girls from their doom by tackling Devilface off a cliff. So goodbye, Devilface, goodbye, mm. Morgan. Unfortunately, Sonia is also killed by zombie soldiers who show up at this point. Because <laughs> I gotta get her out of there somehow. Randall and Morgan meet up with Eleanor and Brax back at the main hotel building, as the seaplane is due to arrive any minute. So the weekend is over essentially at this point. The plane is scheduled to come back at this point on Sunday and pick them up. But again, as we already know, as soon as the seaplane approaches the island, it blows up midair and nearly crashes into the surviving guests. So they have to sort of be pulled out of the way. So Randall uses his soldier skills. He grabs Brax, does a camo dive and... (laughs) And saves him. Now, this is where I started to get confused because I'm like, what the hell yeah, is what happens going next? on at this point? So I thought that the guests would team up to solve the mystery of the island, whatever that is, which involves a mysterious ancient wishing well at the heart of the island. Now, was that in the TV show? No, it wasn't at all. That was in the Looney Tunes show, though. Was it? Yeah, the Looney Tunes had Maybe like I'm a, remembering a, it from that. But It had a well that spoke. Your mm. deepest wish. Something, something, something. Okay, so there's going to be something like that. I don't think it will speak. But I think that the overall mystery itself, 
just to sort of wrap it in a neat bow, is that the hotel and its staff are magically created by the island. It's all sourced from this well. It's some sort of ancient being who is trapped down there, I guess. Is Rock also a manifestation? Yeah, he's a manifestation as well. So I guess in ancient times, this wishing well was created to trap this, I guess it was kind of like a genie, an evil genie down there. And then whenever people threw coins down there, it would fulfill their wish. But it would be like a twisted version of the wish because it feeds off their fears and anxieties. So it sort of tempts you in with the offer of the wish and then twists it to be able to feed off you. The island itself, Fantasy Island, is sort of like an extrapolation of that whole basic wishing well concept. Mm -hmm. So they can bring in multiple people. The island can draw in multiple people, feed off them, and essentially trap their souls down the wishing well. And so the ancient being is... The ancient being feeds on their souls, and that's how it survives over the years. Cool. People are brought in. They think they're going to have this cool fantasy, but no. Instead, they're feeding the wishing well monster. So I think they're the gonna, wishing well monster. <laughs> I think they're going to defeat it by I don't know. They drop a grenade down it or something, and it blows up. Why didn't anyone think about this before? <laughs> yeah, exactly. The whole island starts to shake. It starts to fall apart. It's falling apart at the seams. Kind of very lost esque at the moment. I've never seen lost, so it's oh. interesting that there's all these parallels. But here comes the big twist. They all wake up the next morning on the island to find themselves alive and well. It was a fantasy. So Bradley is alive. He's back. Everyone isn't hurt. Their injuries are all magically healed. Nothing ever happened. And they've learnt a valuable life lesson along the way. So it really was a fantasy the whole time. It was a dream. It was an actual fantasy. Yeah, it was a fantasy. Everything that happened was a fantasy. So this, I guess, was their fantasy after all. They've all become better people. They've learnt through this horrific event that they don't need to fulfil their fantasies to have a long and happy life life so they all return home on the seaplane after eating a slice of humble pie and mr rock will wink at the camera setting us up for the tv show that will quickly be cancelled if it ever goes to air in the first place <laughs> you don't have a lot that's of hope my for other it. big prediction you, you don't have a lot of hope for it no i don't so, so i think this movie will do poorly no one will like it again this God. is another prediction and if it does go to air it's going to be like the 1998 series all over again right. people are going to be like what is this crap this isn't fantasy island where's Hervé Villachef where's <laughs> the plan the plan so your prediction is that this fantasy island will be the same thing as like the traditional TV show it's just going to be like darker and more horrific yeah it's just a horror movie plot line Bob on Rock fantasy winks island. at the camera yeah at the end gotcha it's just like ding you thought you were in for an interesting movie you got a crap <laughs> one instead <laughs> well there you go that's just me presuming I just want to add one more thing before we leave um do you think that the contestants being winning like winning the contest do you think they'll be selected or do you think what they entered Mm, i think it'll be a thing where they just received Mm. a letter in the mail saying congratulations you won or a text whatever they'll do in a modern day movie because i think they didn't even enter yeah i think the characters are going to be deliberately not good people and that's why they've been picked the exception being eleanor that's a good point whose friend gave her the flyer so she's the only one that doesn't belong there that's actually something they did a lot in the tv show they got people who were bad so they like the brady bunch yeah (laughs) no they they paid twenty thousand dollars to go to the island and fulfill their fantasy and they're obviously like sexist or evil people and their fantasy goes wrong and so they learn a valuable life lesson and become better people through their fantasy Mm. so i guess it's kind of like that yeah so that was our plot predictions for fantasy island there you go that was our fantasy of fantasy will the movie be anything like that We'll see. Given the fact that we're both pretty much beat for beat. Yeah. Almost exactly Except the same. Except for our standing, it's yeah. the exact same movie. So I can almost say with 100% certainty that we're pretty close. Mm. This movie is going to be released on Valentine's Day, right? So we can, yeah. we can go on a romantic it's date. It's a love story. Yeah, we can go on a romantic date to uh, see Fantasy Island. Mm. We can fulfill our <laughs> fantasy of seeing Fantasy Island. That's together. right. Oh, it's lovely. It's going to be a nice 
this day. So if you have any ideas of what's going to happen in the upcoming Blumhouse Fantasy Island movie, you can let us know in a couple of places. You can leave us a comment on this episode's page, or you can find us on Facebook. Just do a search for Potential Spoilers Podcast. Otherwise, we've got an email address, which is potentialspoilerspod at gmail.com. That's right. Or you can send us like a PM on Facebook, whatever you're into. Whatever you want to do. Send us a text. And if We don't have a text. And if there's anything we missed in the trailer as well, yeah. any little detail, any little nugget that something you Something we got up. wrong. If we got something entirely grossly wrong, we want to know about it. I guess that leads us to announcing what we're going to be predicting next week. Yes. Which is another movie where I think we're going to struggle. It looks like it's going to be a tough one. We're returning to the world of Pixar, believe it or not. Yeah. And we're going to be looking at the upcoming Pixar fantasy movie. Uh-huh. I guess it's a fantasy movie. Fantasy adventure movie, Onward. Do you know anything about I this movie? I don't know anything about it. Is it set in like a medieval fantasy type kind thing? Kind of. It's like modern day medieval fantasy. Okay. Yeah, exactly. And we're going to know all about well, it come this time next I week. I guess this is another trial, I guess, for us. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> See how we go. We do all right with Pixar. We yeah. do all right with that. They usually We've have a lot done of trailers. Well in the past. So again, if you have an idea of what's going to happen in Onward, you can contact us at those places I mentioned before. Thanks for listening to another episode. And I hope everyone's having a great new year so far. Yes, yes. New start of the decade. And we'll see you next week. See you then. Introduces new minis. They're smaller than our regular donuts, so now you don't have to choose just one. You can have more of your favorites each time you come in. No, no, the, the frosted, the coffee house, no, no, the butternut, the cream. Buy plenty of new Dunkin' Minis so you won't get caught short. Oh.